Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. So number two of the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a sensational hour coming up for you. Front half and back of the half of the hour, we're going to be taking a look at some college basketball. We got there with our DK Network right up in show with West Virginia getting the job done against Central Florida, and we're going to look to keep it going on Wednesday. I've got you guys my write-up all ready to go, and we're going to be presenting that in a minute. And then along the way, we're going to be taking a look a little bit at the NFL offseason, along with the NBA now being at their... A little bit more than midway point, because typically when we think all-star game, we think midway point, but in a lot of these sports, it's a little bit past the midway point that is gay, and we're going to be chatting about that with Grant Mitchell. He does great work over at Forbes. He is one half of the Ride the Line podcast. He is following me as we work our way up the VEASAN schedule a little bit earlier, so we're going to be seeing Grant's lovely face in about 15 minutes, a little bit more spry, and hopefully we can get you guys some winners on so many different fronts here in this hour, and we always know that it's a winning bet when we've got everyone behind the scenes here at VEASAN. I work with legitimately the best team out there in media. I feel very, very blessed to be able to do so as everyone, they always execute their roles. You've got my producer, Brian, and if you like podcasts, the Concierge Confidential podcast, that's just taking a look at everything that we've got out here in lovely Las Vegas, trying to find a nice place to be able to find a beverage, a nice place to be able to find a game. Brian, he is your main man there. He does a great job on that front. He's also one of our main experts when it comes to betting the Oscars. He has been very successful at that as well. So always appreciate the uh, always appreciate the efforts of Brian. He does a great job assembling this guest list. Now, one of the toughest tasks here at VEASAN is making me look halfway presentable in a video slash moving picture format. Alexis, she does an absolutely tremendous job there. Everything that you're seeing on VEASAN.com, YouTube TV, just wherever you're getting VEASAN with regards to video. Alexis, she does amazing work on that front. So that is always very much appreciated and the reason why everything is crisp and clear with regards to the audio that would be courtesy of our audio engineer dakota and dakota does a incredible job as well as i know that he does a lot of our more like tiktok shorts a lot of the stuff that you see on instagram he plays a very integral role behind the scenes there so we always appreciate dakota's efforts and then after the fact as well because you can listen live via the iHeartRadio app sports map radio if you're out there 95.3 the score in my home city of appleton wisconsin i know that we're on terrestrial radio out there and so many others all across this great nation and we appreciate every single one of you affiliates and appreciate if you're listening on visa.com as well or after the fact in podcast form whether you like the greg peterson experience whether you like follow the money the show that is going to be coming on after myself visa tonight i know that there's been a little bit of a time shift you do want to stick around for west reynolds matt humans they do an absolutely incredible job they are going to be with you guys for three full hours after myself 
we are able to get all those shows in podcast form at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever your podcast. Just search, search for the vsin best bets feed, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, list goes on and on. And the man that assembles all that is Aramis, along with all the video highlights that you see from our shows throughout the day that we post up on the old Twitter slash X. So big thanks to everyone behind the scenes. They make everything that we do here at vsin possible, and they are such a good team. And as I always say, because they hold up their end of the bargain, I need to hold up mine, and I'm going to be quite honest with you. We're right now 64 and 42 with these write-ups. It's been a really, really good year, to say the least, and it's one of those things where you're going to take a few losses here and there. The biggest thing is just trying to maintain consistency, just take it one game at a time, and the game that we're taking a look at is actually a pretty big one. We've picked some games that are a little bit off the beaten path, like yesterday we went with the old Florida A&M versus Elkhorn State over. Well, we're going to take it over out there in the state of Florida for this one, though. A little bit of a bigger conference here. 689, 690 on the card. It is Miami. They play us at Duke. Duke finds themselves as a 5 to a 5.5 point favorite. Your total in most places is a 150.5. This was an opener of 150, so we've seen a half a point move here, but I do think that you've got really good value with regards to the over. That is going to be my write-up. I did set my total at a 156. Now, if you look at the overall season numbers for this Miami team, they actually haven't been overly horrible on defense. I'm trying to sugarcoat it as best I can because they've done a good job of being able to guard the perimeter throughout the season. This season, opponents are shooting just below 32.5% from three-point range against them. Not an amazing number, but you know what? A formidable number. But if you take a look at what has happened ever since ACC conference play has began, Miami, they are 10th of the conference in terms of opponents' three-point shooting percentage, allowing opponents to shoot 35.6% from three-point range, and this team has been getting gashed. They have given up at least 74 points in five of their last six games, falling to 117th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And you do have a Duke team that, while they are about 47th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, they too do have some home and road splits. They're giving up about six points more per 100 possessions in a road slash huge court venue rather than at home. And you've got two teams that have really been able to go at it with their offense. Duke. 14th in the country in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. And a big reason why is that Duke has been doing the little things well. On the road, they shoot about 73.5% the free throw line. Not saying that that's the most amazing number in the world, but when you leave home to be able to shoot north of 73% the charity stripe, that's pretty solid. And Duke, they are 21st in all of college basketball in terms of fewest turnovers committed on a per possession basis. Now, you don't have a pair of teams that are absolutely going to gun it in this game. And as a matter of fact, for Duke, under John Shire, this has been a little bit more of a slow and controlled team. Duke is about to earn 15th in all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game. you got a Miami team that they look to play a little bit faster, and you do want to be looking at that as well because a big reason why I do like this total over is that Miami does play a little bit of a different tempo when they're at home rather than when they're away from home. Miami is playing at a rate of about 3.9 possessions more per game when they are at home rather than in a roadside shoot score venue. And when you've got added efficiency with regards to this Miami offense, I do think that that leads to a nice little double punch as you've got Miami versus Duke as my DK network right up right here on the Greg Peterson experience on Visa, the sports bank network. And for Miami, it certainly has been a little bit difficult for the offense recently. They've been a bit stuck in the mud and they've fallen to about 81st in the country in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. But again, you do have a Miami team that they score about 12.8 points more per one possessions at home rather than in a roadside shooting court venue. And both of these teams have shot it incredibly well from three-point range all season long. Both of these teams do rank in the top 30 in the country with regards to three-point shooting percentage. And for the Duke team, they still shoot north of 35.5% from three-point range when they do leave home. So even though they're not quite at their top 25, top 30 rate with regards to three-point shooting percentage like they are at home, this team is still pretty formidable when it comes to being able to hit those shots from the outside. Meanwhile, you've got a Miami team that they certainly shoot it better when they're at home rather than in a roadside shoot court venue as for Miami, they're overall 28th in the country with regards to their three-point shooting percentage at 37.2%, but that does ascend to about 38.7% when they're at home. And I do think that this Miami team is going to be able to stay within this number. If you're looking at the spread, since I wrote up the total, I do like Miami catching five. Now, I need at least four to be able to take Miami. So 
if this were to be a line that moved a little bit overnight, that might be a little bit more trepidation there. But here at the five, even if it's a five and a half, going to be looking at the points because I do think that for Miami, even though they've had a few turnover wolves as far this season, they're turning the ball over about 12 and a half times per contest. You are going to be able to get the best out of the backcourt in this game. And you've got relatively good consistency across this backcourt as each of your top six scores for Miami. They do all shoot at least 35% from three-point That includes Nigel Pack, who's been able to pack it in with about three and a half assists, right around 13 and a half points per contest. And then no Chad Omier has had much better versatility this year than in past years. 18 points, 10 boards, shoots about 37% from three-point And he's going to be matched up with Kyle Filipowski, who... As we know, that's a very versatile seven-footer that's able to let it fly from three-point range. He's done a nice job supplying the team with about 17 points, eight rebounds per game. And even though he doesn't score a lot, the guy that has really been a big catalyst for the Sioux team has been Tyrese Proctor. Hasn't quite lived up to that all-American billing like many people gave him towards the beginning part of the season, but he's giving out three and a half assists to 1.3 turnovers per game. That's pretty solid. He still gives you 10 points. Shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. Gets overshadowed a little bit because Jared McCain has really been able to step up. He's been giving the team about five boards, 14 points on earth, a 40% three-point shooting. And Jeremy Roach, he shoots 44.8% from three-point range with about 14 points per contest. Feels like he's a Van Wilder of Duke basketball, but he has been highly productive for the team. So I do think that you're going to get a plentiful amount of points in this one. And when you have a team that's down like four or five points with a minute remaining, you know that that means that there could be a whole lot of, a lot of felling that does help it out in this spot as well. So my write-up here is going to be on the over. But Duke could only make them a four-point favorite. So here at the five, I'm going to be willing to take those points with Miami. And I'm going to be taking a look at the over. That is the official write-up that we've got for Tuesday. And what if we take a look at another game that I do like over? This is 703-704 on the card. Rice is on the road facing off against UAB. The Blazers are an 11.5 point favorite. Total on this game is between 148 and a half and 149. And with UAB, I do think that they've gotten up a little bit too far on this line. I did set my line at 10, so I'm going to be willing to take a look at Rice. And the big reason why I do like Rice in this ordeal is that you've got one of the most versatile players in all of college basketball, Max Fiedler. Max Fiedler is someone that's saying six foot ten, and the nation should know a little bit more about him because he's been able to give out five assists per game. He chips in there about nine points, eight rebounds per contest. He's just all sorts of just productive for this Rice team that has been having a little bit of rough three-point shooting thus far this season, but they go up against a UAB team that has been well outside the top 250. In terms of opponent's three-point shooting percentage, though Yaxel Lenborg, he has been solid down low for UAB. He's able to give you nine rebounds per contest, and the way that UAB has been able to really generate their points, because they no longer have Jelly Walker like they did the last few seasons, so the offensive pop has been a little bit down for the team, but they become one of those holes greater than some of its parts sort of teams. You've got five different guys that can at least signed and at points per game, but the way that they generate a lot of these points is via second chances. When they hit the glass and they're able to pull in rebounds, they're able to get second chances as a result. So it is a circumstance where I'm going to be willing to take the 11 half year with Rice and I'm going to be taking a look at the over as well. And then if you're taking a look at this big game that we've got going on right now between Creighton and UConn, UConn is right now down by a count of 64 to 46. You've got about 12 minutes remaining in the second half. Live line, you have to lay north of 15 points right now with Creighton. So we'll keep you guys abreast. They're down to 13 and a half. And coming up next, we're going to be talking some NBA with Grant Mitchell of Forbes and the Ride Line podcast here on the Great Peters and Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSN experts have got you covered. Become a VSN Pro subscriber today and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns for every single game. Visit VSN.com slash pro to sign up today. That is VSIN.com slash pro. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. It is always great to be joined by this man, Grant Mitchell. He does great work over at Forbes. You know him as well as one half of the Ride the Line podcast. And Grant, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. No problem. It's always a pleasure to join. Although, I got to say, I'm used to talking to you until close to three in the morning, my time. It feels like the middle of the day right now to me. Yeah, it certainly does, because we are men that we are not afraid of the graveyard shift, to say the least. And I do think that graveyard shift workers are the backbone of this great country, by the way. I will give them a little bit of a shout out. But you know what? We are willing to entertain the people, whether that be at five in the morning, five in the evening, or if that's at like midnight, what have you. So there's always great information to be had from you, Grant. And Grant, how are you taking a look at the NBA landscape now that we have hit the all-star break? Because I do think that the real intrigue is as to who that top team is going to be in the West, because that feels like right now the conference where there's a lot of things that are, for lack of a better term, unsettled with regards to the top teams. Craig, I would love to give you a different answer, man. I've been saying the same sort of message for the last two months or so. All the teams at the top of the West, you know, I've got a lot of respect for, but I think they all have questions that they still need to answer. And that includes Denver. So I'll start with them. You know, these are the defending champions and massive respect to them. All they've done is put out the same offenses last year and gotten better on defense, yet somehow they're flying under the radar. But they really are not a good road team. I, they they didn't need to be outstanding last year because they were so dominant at home. And credit to them, they're 21-5 and five in their building this year. They're only one game over 500 on the road. So if they can't get that top seed, then all of a sudden, you know, if you're facing the Timberwolves or the Thunder or maybe even the Clippers in the second, third round of the playoffs and you're on the road, that completely changes the complexion of that series. So that's something to keep an eye on. With the Thunder, I've talked about it before. You know, I'm not even so much worried about them being the second youngest team in the league. I'm just worried about their rebounding. And I know it's not it's not sexy. It's not fun to talk about but when the game slows down and every possession, the, the importance of it is heightened. You got to close it out. You, you got to limit those second chance opportunities. The Thunder are bottom two in rebound rate in the NBA, and it's going to be a problem for them. 
with the Timberwolves, you know, they're bailing themselves out from some of those stagnant offensive possessions by being second in three-point shooting. But when we get to the playoffs, I think a little bit of their lack of creation in the pick and roll, some of the turnover problems, those would be the question marks. And with the Clippers, again, not the most exciting thing to talk about, but it's their health. You know, these these guys are old. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, all guys well into their mid-30s, and they're going to have to hold up. We saw Kawhi look like the best player in the world for a couple of games in that Phoenix series last year, and then he ends up hurting his knee, and he's gone for the series. So all four teams, great teams, but all got questions in my eyes. Yep, I do think that they all do have questions. And when it comes to this debate, and I think that's a very good one, do you default a little bit more to the raw talent itself, or do you look a little bit more at experience when it comes to taking a look at some of these futures right now? Because I do think that there is something to be said, especially in the NBA, as to having been there and done that, because it's very rare that we do see in the NBA a team of a bunch of guys are maybe in their first or second playoffs be able to rise up and be able to make that big run in the playoffs. Yeah, 100%. There's something to be said for learning how to win and then continuing to do that. And this might be a bit of an extreme example, but someone like LeBron James with the Lakers in the in-season tournament, not only did LeBron want to win that, but I feel like there were some teams that, you know, the Indiana Pacers, it's not like they didn't want to win. But when it came to that big game, the Lakers said, "Okay, we are literally just going to attack the paint. Every single possession set a season high in points in the paint end up scoring, I think, 130, 140 points, and they win that game. And different styles, different matchups call for different approaches in games. And we've seen a team like Boston, you know, they are experienced in making deep runs into the playoffs, but they aren't experienced at winning those important games, you know, whether it be the conference finals, the NBA finals, they've been right there, but they haven't been able to break their head through. So questions for them, questions for, again, a team like the Thunder with their age. The experience factor certainly is going to be a big uh, play a big role when we get into the postseason. Yep, I do think that it's going to be absolutely massive. As joining me on the show, we do have Grant Mitchell. He does tremendous work over at Forbes, and he's one after Ride the Line podcast. And he's joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. And I know you just briefly there mentioned the Celtics, and I think it's very clear. They're the top team out there in the East, but it's a little bit of a two-part question. One, who's right now their biggest competition in the East? And two, can legitimately anyone take them down out there in the East if there is a very clear cut like number two or perhaps number three team? So I I still have questions the Celtics need to answer in the postseason, but I don't think they're going to come until the finals. I, I do have the Celtics as of now, and this isn't a hot take because they're the championship favorites, but I have them... Maybe not cruising through the East, but I don't think they're going to face any adversity really probably until the conference finals. And I don't know if there's a team out there that can take them seven games right now. I mean, the team with the most potential, undoubtedly the Milwaukee Bucks and, you know, the great state of Wisconsin. Maybe they pull something out the hat, but uh, they just aren't playing the best basketball right now. For me, there are two teams that right now, if we start the playoffs today, would give them the best uh, competition. That's the New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, the Knicks are going to get better as they get healthier, but still, Jalen Brunson, in my eyes, is a top-five MVP candidate. I don't think people are giving him enough respect. And similarly, Donovan Mitchell is not being shown really any love in this MVP race, and all the Cleveland Cavaliers are right now is the hottest team in the league. What they can do against Boston, which will be kind of their, their ace in the hole, is they can play defense inside, they can play defense on the perimeter. Now they're going to be tested with their switching, you know, with those bigs of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Can they really, you know, sustain seven games in a series, have those problems where they're going out and switching and still be able to be competitive and keep their guys on the floor versus being played off the floor? That would be something that I would look into, but it's got to be Boston for me. I mean, they just, they have the most efficient offense. They have, I think, statistically, the second or third best defense. They have the best bench net rating. They're the best home team, and they're good on the road. Really not too many flaws with this team. Again, it's just going to come down to those final one to two minutes of ball games, probably when they get to the NBA Finals. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. And Jason Tatum, I know that he hasn't quite been able to ascend into quite that MVP conversation yet, but he's still one of the best players, in my opinion, in all of basketball. So that's absolutely massive for the Boston Celtics as well. And then we took a look at some of the more top and just interesting teams in general with regards to the West and who might be able to ascend there. But in terms of the futures market right now, outside of just odds via win like the Western Conference, Eastern Conference, and the finals, is there anything that you do have your eye on, whether that be like a player award, a yes, no, to be able to make the playoffs, anything really peaking your eye in terms of a little bit more of a smaller market? 
Um, well, I mean, it's not the smallest market in the world, but it, it is a player market. It's the MVP. And I'm not bringing this up to say that I have a slam dunk pick, but right now I do like somebody and I do not believe they're the favorite. I believe Jokic is the favorite, which yes. is interesting to me because he's not even in my top three. I actually like Shea Gilgis Alexander for this one. I think what he's done with this Thunder team, you know, having them a game and a half out of first place in the Western Conference, averaging 31-7-6 as a not undersized, but but a, a lightweight sort of guard shooting 55% from the field, accomplishing you know these numbers in an era dominated by three-point shooting without necessarily being a volume shooter. He's second in PER. He leads the league in steals. I don't think you should be able to discount that. And the Thunder, despite their youth, are you know excellent. They're second in net rating, and they're one of the best road teams in the NBA. So I think his overall impact playing without an all-star by his side uh, new coach, young team, uh, rookies and second year guys out there. I think you can't understate the impact that he's had to this team. The other players that I'll be looking at as my second and third on the board, um, and I'll switch it up. Actually, I'll go to third place because you brought him up, Jason Tatum. I know that it might seem a little unfair because all he is is the best player on the best team in the league. What more can he really do? I mean, he's given you great numbers, 27, nine and five. His turnovers are down on the last three seasons. I think that's really big. He's playing great defense made a huge impact on winning. So I think he absolutely deserves to be brought up in this race. And then my second place guy is Luka Doncic. He's leading the league in scoring now that Joel Embiid is effectively out of the race. 34, 10, and 9 is what he's given you on a career high, 38% from three. His defense also is not given is not being given enough love. I mean, he is allowing the same points per possession in isolation as Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, and Kristaps Porzingis. Those are guys that we look at as being lockdown defenders. So Luca really upped his game on defense. Part of that's probably because he doesn't have to carry the same load on offense. And then I also just expect the Mavericks to make a charge coming out of this uh, quote unquote second half of the season. I love the acquisitions they made at the trade deadline, Daniel Gafford, PJ Washington. I think they fit this roster really well. Derek Lively's coming back from that broken nose. He's going to really anchor that defense. So it would not surprise me at all to see the Mavericks really take off and for Luca to soar in the MVP. Yep, and I'm right there with you with the Dallas Mavericks. Them being able to just get some post-presence. That's a big reason why last season with the Dallas Mavericks, when they acquired Kyrie Irving, it was just a unmitigated mess because they didn't have a lot down low. You had two really nice scores and not a whole heck of a lot else. Now you've actually got some post play. We were talking about with the OKC Thunder, the fact that we wanted to see them be able to pick up a rebounder. Well, that's one thing that the Dallas Mavericks do have. And as I always say, matchups make fights. And if we do see that in the Western Conference, I do think that that would be interesting to see how that plays out, to say the least. As Grant Mitchell, he does great work over at Forbes. He is one after the Ride the Line podcast, and he does amazing work on the NBA front, but also does a tremendous job on the NFL landscape. Let's take a look at some of these quarterbacks and some of these offseason moves next on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you haven't already, check out the all-new VEASAN.com. I know that Wes Reynolds is coming up on VEASAN tonight. He's hard at work on his golf articles. You're able to find my daily handicap lines there. All the easier with the enhanced navigation on the all-new VEASAN.com. So you do want to check it out today. Fresh new design. I know that there were many people hard at work behind the scenes to be able to assemble that and did an absolutely amazing job. That's the all-new VSIN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It's always great to be joined by Grant Mitchell. He does tremendous work over at Forbes and the Ride the Line podcast. And Grant, right now, when it comes to taking a look at the NFL offseason, it feels like everything is coming to a head with regards to the Chicago Bears and the balls in their court. What they do with Justin Fields is big because personally, I think they should hold on to Justin Fields. I feel like that's what would be best for the organization, but it doesn't feel like that's going to be the case for them. How do you take a look at the Justin Fields situation? And do you think that he's either A, going to end up in Chicago or B, going to be moving elsewhere? So I've gone back and forth. Uh, let, let's take let's take the Bears front office out of this. Just if I was controlling the Bears, I've gone back and forth on what I would do in this situation. I've ultimately settled on it's probably unfair to trade Justin Fields because he hasn't really been given a fair shake. He's had injuries, played behind a terrible offensive line, hasn't really had the best weapons around him, only recently just got DJ Moore. I, I, to be honest, I still have no idea how good he is. I don't know if he's good or if he's bad or if he's great or if he's terrible. 
But as unfair as it might be, professional sports are unfair sometimes, and I think you do have to trade him. The reason for that being Caleb Williams, in my eyes, is just truly a generational prospect. And I know you could get a real haul by, by trading, uh, trading that first pick, even for the second pick. But I think you draft Caleb and then you can probably use another top 10 pick to go back in, get a wide receiver, uh, a Malik Neighbors, a Roma Dunze, someone like that. You can go offensive line. You can beef up the defense, which was playing well at the end of last year. You can go so many different options. And then you're probably going to get a second or third round pick for Justin Fields as well. So you're going to get draft capital for that. I just feel like that's ultimately the right move. And the biggest reason, which I haven't mentioned yet, is Fields has got to get paid soon. Caleb, you, you reset the clock. You know, again, we don't, I don't really know if Justin Fields is good or not. So you don't want to be in a position where you have to pay him. I think Caleb Williams is going to step into the league and be better than Justin Fields on day one. And again, it's year one of a multi-year contract that's very low pain. And as we know, in the modern NFL, your Super Bowl window is somewhat tied to if your quarterback's on a rookie contract. So that's what I think is going to end up happening. And I know that the Steelers and the Falcons have kind of been tossed around as landing spots for fields. I personally think he will end up with the Falcons, you know, taking his Instagram activity with a grain of salt. I just think that it makes sense. You know, I feel like they can create a, a Baltimore Ravens 2.0 sort of style of offense where you can have that vertical threat and you've got guys like Drake London and Kyle Pitts that can make plays, but then you can also run it with fields or with B. John Robinson. I just feel like that you'd become very multiple on offense. So that's probably where I'd like to see him go. Yep. And it would be so interesting to see Justin Fields out there with the Atlanta Falcons, because if Fields is no longer with the Chicago Bears, that means that these teams that they do lose out on Justin Fields, they're probably going to be turning their attention to Russell Wilson. And with Russell Wilson, I know that there have been some reports out there and there have been a few things being like, ah, oh, maybe the Denver Broncos might actually hold on to Russell Wilson. I don't think that that is going to be the case. That was a disaster. He got benched at the end of the season. I think that that is a sunken ship to say the least. But how do you take a look at the Russell Wilson situation? Because I feel like right after Justin Fields and that decision is made by the Chicago Bears, that's the next domino to fall. I agree. And I, I think based on where things are going now, it kind of does look like Russell Wilson is going to be headed to the Steel City, play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, Russ didn't have bad statistics last year. He had one of the best touchdown to interception ratios for a while. But I went to see him play on Christmas Eve with my mom out at Mile High. And just watching his decision making, his timing, his comfort or lack thereof, he, he just does not look like somebody that you can be paying this much money and expect to reap success with. And, uh, you know, Sean Payton didn't necessarily go scorched earth with him, but that was probably just because of how well media trained Russ is. If Russ was an emotionally volatile player, then we'd absolutely be calling it scorched earth. In fact, he might not have even made it to the end of the season. So I think Sean Payton wants to get somebody else in there. Based on where they're drafting, I could see them going for – a J.J. McCarthy, if he falls low enough, or maybe even someone like a Bo Nix, somebody who's going to get the ball out of the pocket quick with timing. You know, not not at all the same player Drew Brees was, but that same sort of mold, someone who's going to get the ball to where it needs to be relatively quickly. You know, Bo Nix was the most experienced player in college football last year. Whether or not it ends up being him, I think you're going to see Russ moved on. And if he does go to Pittsburgh, I, I hate to say it because the Steelers, you know, Mike Tomlin, as we all know, has not had a losing record yet. but He's almost a victim of his own success in the sense that Big Ben retired. And because he refuses to actually tank, not that I'm, I think he should, but because he refuses to tank, he, he can't get his hold, a hold of his next franchise quarterback. You know, they took a plunge with Kenny Pickett. That ultimately did not work out. They pivoted to Mason Rudolph. We know he's not the answer. And if you go to Rust, you've got an older declining player making a boatload of money that eats up your salary cap, who we also know is not the answer. So... Steelers are kind of going nowhere right now, but if I had to bet, I would say Russ is probably going to end up there. Yeah, Pam, when it comes to both of those teams in the Steelers and the Atlanta Falcons, I think that they're the two most quarterback needy teams, and they're the two teams that I feel like they could be perhaps that one quarterback away. As joining me on the show, we do have Grant Mitchell. He does tremendous work over at Forbes. He's also one after Ride the Line podcast, and joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And if everything that you say plays out and comes to fruition, that means that we would most likely be seeing the generational talent from USC heading on over 
over to the Chicago Bears, but then that leaves the Commanders at number two, and I'm pretty sure that that would mean that it would be mayday for them with a guy that is not too far from their backyard playing over there in North Carolina and Drake May heading over there. Could that be exactly what the Washington Commanders need to be able to get out of the cellar in the uh, NFC East? Yeah, you just swap out one UNC quarterback for another. Goodbye, Sam Howell. Hello, Drake May. Let's just keep this conveyor belt going, see how long it can last. Um, I was listening to Joel Klatt, college football expert and and analyst, and he was saying that he thinks over the last 10 years, Drake May and Caleb Williams are both top four prospects, along with Trevor Lawrence and um, uh, Joe Burrow. And I, I, that was reassuring to me as a Commanders fan. I thought Drake May was good. I got him second, uh, second on my board, certainly. I think he's ahead of Jaden Daniels. What I worry about with him, with him though, is I see a lot of Josh Allen in him, and that's obviously great. I mean, he's got immense physical tools. He makes throws on the run. He's willing to take some hints, absorb contact. But he does have some head-scratching plays. And you may be wondering, is that because he was behind a UNC offensive line, which wasn't the best, and maybe didn't have the best receiver talent around him. Could we see that change in the NFL? Well, Washington's got good receivers, but the offensive line's kind of a mess. So that would probably be a bit of an adjustment, but he's very young. believe he's going to be 22 years old by the time the NFL season starts. So there's going to be growing pains, but we very likely have not seen the best of him. If that does end up happening, though, then that would probably mean Jaden Daniels is going to the Patriots at three. And that's what I think is the most interesting because Daniels was the Heisman winner, and we know that he was electric with his legs and did make some good throws, but he played with unbelievable receivers at LSU, and you're going to New England, which environmentally is not at all like LSU. You've got a young rookie coach over there in Gerard Mayo. Again, very, very poor receiver talent. That would probably be a huge adjustment as well, and we've seen a, a lot of guys, you know, a la Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, who come out of college having talent and potential and they just go to situations that almost aren't ready to receive them. So it would be a lot of pressure on Daniels to step up and perform in a less than ideal circumstances over there. Yep, I do think that there's going to be a lot of intrigue with the NFL draft because much like we saw a nice run on quarterbacks last year, I do think that we could be seeing that this season as well, and we shall see if there's going to be a chasm like we saw with C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young. I certainly don't think that that would be the case, but that's certainly something to dive in on. And we've got about 90 seconds here, Grant. Is there any futures that you have placed yet in the NFL, or is this still a little bit more of the, for lack of a better term, hunting and gathering stage of the NFL offseason? Well, you know, uh, you laid it up for me there. So yes, hunting and gathering. It's a lot. It's a lot cooler of a way to say no, just to be <laughs> honest. Um, locked in on NBA, March Madness, all that stuff, and just waiting to see where the chips are going to fall. You know, we've still got a lot of information to gather with the NFL draft and free agency. Moves are going to be made. I hate to put it out there, but players are going to be injured over the offseason. We might see some more coaching changes, things like that. You know, there's still a lot that can unfold in a long time to go. So my personal advice, unless you've got something at the bottom of the board, unless you think the Arizona Cardinals or or someone like that are going to win the Super Bowl and nothing's going to change your mind, go for it. But I would just wait to see where things shake out before you put too much of a long-term investment down. Yep, and I think that that's very good advice as well because I know that so many people love football, but I know that you, Grant, do a great job on the basketball front. I'm going to have a lot of baseball to be able to take a look at prior to the season, and right now it's prime college basketball season for myself as well. So just being able to take a look at things as they come in the NFL season, we've got a few weeks until teams are up against that deadline for the franchise tags as well. So there's a lot to be able to decipher, and Grant, you do a very good job of being able to decipher it all and always Appreciate your time on the show. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for having me. Always great to have Grant aboard. He does great work over at Forbes. He's also one half of the Ride the Line podcast. And coming up to conclude the show, we've got one or two games that are going to be tipping off soon for the 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific window in college basketball for Tuesday. We'll get you guys cut up there by DK Network right up and a beer review right here on the Great Pearson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, dance bro. <laughs> Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no sweat bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet does not hit, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize the promo code VSIN when you do sign up because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're back here for the final segment of the day right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. But have no fear. The fun continues on Visa after myself. You're getting Wes Reynolds, Matt Humans on Visa tonight. Three hours of recapping what we all saw on Tuesday, turning it forward to Wednesday and beyond as well. I say beyond because they do an absolutely tremendous job with their golf futures. You want to tune in. Pretty much it's been a switcheroony here on the VEASAN schedule before it was myself following Matt and Wes. Now we're up in front of them. Very honored to be up in front of them because those are two of the best. And Matt, I mean, just on a personal note, has helped me so much here at VEASAN. Those two guys, they're absolutely tremendous. You do want to be sticking around for them. And now my job is very clear. Try to get you to VEASAN tonight with a little bit more money in pocket and safely. And we're going to get you a beer review along the way because we've got March Madness just around the corner and we've got the beer review bracket and we've got another upset in the beer review bracket here on Hoops on Hops. We did go with the seven seed versus a two seed in this matchup as it was Deschutes that was going up against Boulevard. Boulevard out there in the great state of Missouri. They were able to go with a nine out of 10 in the Boulevard Tank 7. And for today's review, we went with the, this is quite a name for a beer, by the way, Symphonic Chronic Double Dank IPA. That is a mouthful to say, least. And it was a very solid double IPA. It just fell a little bit short. It got an 8.8 out. 10 i would personally recommend both beers personally but for the double dank seven that i was just mentioning it had some really good flavors without being over the top bitter which i mean when you drink ipas and you drink double ipas you sometimes go into that little vector where sometimes it goes a little bit over the top with a pine but they did a nice job marrying that pine with some good grapefruit flavors and had just a little bit of creaminess on the back half of it as well i certainly did enjoy it it was plenty juicy as well I personally 
honestly, just had to give it to Boulevard on this one. The good people out there, the great state of Missouri, did a good job brewing up the Tank 7. But, I mean, these are two very good breweries. Unfortunately, one moved on and one had to go home. And it's the great folks out there in Missouri that do move on. Two good breweries going at it, though. That's what you do like to see. The worst thing to happen with regards to this bracket, with regards to just sports in general, is two teams that don't deserve to win. But it's like, oh, unfortunately, one of these have to win. No, you want to see two teams at their best and two breweries at their best. And they were here. And we hope to be at our best as well. We'll get you guys the DK Network ready to pick on the way out. I mentioned it at the top half of our number two. That is in the Miami versus Duke game. But do you have to get you guys a little bit of a preview here? Because this game is actually tipping off in about 10 to 12 minutes. It's 649, 650 on the card. Nevada, they are going to be playing with Wyoming. Wyoming Cowboys and most places are down to a 14 point underdog. This was an opener of 14. I'm seeing one or two straight 14 and a half out there as well. Total has gone up from the opener. It opened up at a 144 and a half. Now we're between 145 and a half and 146 and if you're able to get one of the 14 and a half, I still find a little bit of value, or if I, you're still finding some of the 14s, I still find a little bit of value on Nevada. I set them as a 14 and a half point favorite. So at a 14, it's a max sum one to lay with Nevada, but I'm going to be one to lay with Nevada. And Wyoming has just been a very strange team this season. They're actually giving up about three points fewer per one hour possessions in a road slash score venue rather than at home. But what is the bread and butter of Wyoming is being able to pop threes and be able to hit them. You got two guys in Sam Griffin, a cool cot. They've been able to combine for about 34 to 35 points per contest. They both shoot north of 37% from three-point range. Wyoming is a top 55 team. Now, of college basketball, the guards are three-point shooting percentage, but it is an offense that does suffer a little bit when they're away from home. They do score more than eight points fewer per one hour possessions in a roadside shoot court venue rather than at home. And you now have to go up against a Nevada team that is very good on the offense or on the defensive glass, not allowing you to get a lot of second chances. And this is a Nevada team that has done a pretty solid job of being able to hunker down and not allow a lot of outside shots. Nevada 54th in all of college basketball with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage. This just reads as a little bit of a rough matchup for me. You've got Nick Davidson who's been able to do a solid job down low for Nevada. He's able to give you about six and a half rebounds per game and Wyoming just frankly has not done a very good job on the glass all season long. They're about 145th in the country with regards to rebound rate. I do think that Nevada, they should be able to take hold. They should be able to win that battle down low and what I like about this Nevada team, they just do the little things well. They only turn the ball over about nine and a half times per contest. They're not amazing at the free throw line, but they're pretty good at the free throw line. And Jared Lucas is one of those guards that he's able to go from man to man to zone defense very, very seamlessly. Shoots north of 38% from three-point range, about 16 points per contest. And then Mr. Do-It-All, Keenan Blackshear, he does pretty much everything except for pop threes. He shoots threes at a less than 30% clip, but 14 plus points, five boards, five assists, just whatever the game calls for, he's able to give it to you. And this has been a Wyoming bunch has been inconsistent all season long. So I'm going to be willing to lay up to 14 here with Nevada. And I did somebody total 144 and a half. This Nevada team, well, outside the top 175 in terms of total possessions per game. Wyoming, while they do shoot it very well from three-point range, are also well outside the top 225. With regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis, I do think that those turnovers are going to be costly if you do take a look at the over. So, a circumstance where I'm willing to dive under, and I'm going to be willing to lay up to 14 points with Nevada. As we're getting you guys caught up on everything college basketball here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And then, when it comes to turning it forward to Wednesday, they mentioned this a little bit earlier in the hour, so we're we're going to keep this one very brief with regards to DK Network right up. I am on the over in Miami versus Duke. Right now, you're seeing pretty much a 50-50 divide in the market between 150 and 150 and a half with regards to the total with Duke. In more places now being more like a five and a half point favor. We were seeing some fives that were popping up a little bit before, and I'm going to be one to take those five and a half with this Miami bunch. I set my lineup for Miami, a top 30 team in the country with regards to three-point shooting percentage. Each other top six scores do shoot at least 35% from three. Problem with Miami, though, is that in conference, they've been allowing opponents to shoot 35.5% from three. You've got a Duke bunch that has been highly efficient on offense. Top 20 team in the country. The guards point scored on a per-possession basis. Kyle Filipowski has been highly versatile, giving you about 17 points. He's been able to do a solid job hauling in their eight boards. I do think that it's going to be just a little bit too much for Miami to handle, but I do think that they hold in there at home with Nigel Pack doing a nice job packing in there the assist, giving you 13 points per contest. I like the game of Matthew Cleveland as well. So going to be willing to take the points and I'm going to be taking a look at the over. Do feel inclined that I should mention the fact that the Creighton versus UConn game, it is now final. 
Weren't able to find a lot of betting opportunities in the second half if you were taking a look live because Creighton just completely bulldozed UConn. I think UConn got the lead down to 10 at one point, but this was pretty thorough Creighton domination ever since like the middle of the first half. 85 to 66 is the final. So if you took Creighton plus the two and a half, you took Creighton on the money line, you were able to get there. And if you took the over in the spot, you were able to get there as well. And then a few other games that we are monitoring right now. BYU is currently up on Baylor. This is a game with about six or so minutes remaining there right now. Baylor is down by kind of 67 to, or 64 to 57, 640 remaining there. This TCU versus Texas set game, that's got about six and a half minutes remaining. TCU currently up by kind of 69 to 61. Right now, if you're looking live on this line you with Texas Tech, you're able to get them at plus six and a half at a minus one. So that's certainly something to monitor as well. And then we have just gotten started with San Jose State and Boise State right now. Boise State up six to five early goings there. And when it comes to getting it going with regards to the Wednesday card, I do have to bring up this game because it's just such a harebrained total. And I don't think that the total is too far off in this one. 679, 680 on the card. You've got Alabama. They're going to be playing us of Florida. Florida is a underdog of eight to eight and a half points. Draw on this game. It opened up at 174 and a half. I'm seeing as low as a 174. If you're at DraftKings, you're able to find this at a 175 and a half. That I don't know if that's the highest total that we've seen this season because I know that Albany versus UMBC also had a very harebrained total. And if you've been gauging some of these games involving like Kennesaw Satan Company out there in the Atlantic Sun, we've got some harebrained ones out there as well. But I do think that even though you weren't a very high total in this one, it's hard to take an over in this spot. I set my total at 172 and a half. For those of you that play poker, I feel like you almost have to hit runner runner in order to be able to get this total over because I mean, these two teams are going to be really fast. You know that these two teams are looking to get up and down the court, but I mean, like 90 to 80 cashes you the under in this game. Like 92... 92 to 82 catches you the under on 175 and a half. You're really asking a lot out of these offenses in a 40-minute game. It is an Alabama team that has been very good with regards to their shooting as well. This Alabama team, they're number one in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. I love Mark Sears. He's able to give you 20 points per contest. You've got Aaron Action Estrada, who's able to give you about 14 points. Throws in there four boards, four assists, but Alabama, I'm not saying that there's some sort of a juggernaut on defense or anything like that. They've been a little bit better, though, here when they've been at home. They are giving up about 17 and a half points fewer per one hour possessions at home rather than in a roadside search court venue. And that's why I did set Alabama as an eight and a half point favorite. So if you're able to find one of those eights out there, that'd be my max buy point on Alabama. And with regards to the total, I think we've went just a little bit too far here. Set my total 172 and a half. So especially that 175 and a half that I'm seeing at DraftKings, looking at the under end. What we're looking at next right here on VSIN, it is VSIN tonight with Wes Reynolds and Matt Humans right here on VSIN, the Sports Bay Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 